And it's called White Flag. Now, I, I don't know if, if you're thinking this or not, but uh, when you first look at that, it's like, okay, I, I don't know exactly what that means. Um, so I wanted to start off asking the question, what's up with white flag? Like, what exactly does that mean? I, I'm sure you guys know, but I'm going I'm to just describe it really quick because I'm sure you guys could say it, but you don't have the mic, so I'll just say it. Um, now, a white flag, I actually have one right here that I'm going to use as an illustration, which is French for illustration. <laughs> um, in battle or in a war or in any kind of like a, a skirmish fight, anything you read in history class, those types of things, um, if there's an army that is just losing, man, they're just getting, they're just getting their, their, their heads just cut off, shot, whatever's happening. I mean, it's just bad. It's not going well for them. Or for whatever reason, they want to surrender. They want to give up. They want to concede to the other person or or enemy or the, the other nation or the other army, whatever it is. They'll grab a white flag and they'll run it out into the battlefield and they'll just wave it. And they don't have any weapons on them. They don't have a, a pistol in their hand. So that if somebody walks up to them to say, hey, what's up with the white flag? And then they say, I fooled you. They don't do that. The white flag is a sign of, hey, we don't want to fight anymore. We're done. We give up. We totally surrender. And so they wave the white flag. So when we're talking about the white flag, and we call this series the white flag, that's what we're talking about. That a white flag represents total surrender. So we're going to wave this for the next three weeks. And I'm not going to sit here and wave it the whole night. But this is, this is what the whole series is about. And we're going to look at it through the lens of a few different people that we see in the Bible. One person, or actually one night, we're going to do two people per night. And, and just talk about what it looks like to surrender in our life now. And what it looked like for them to re- surrender in their life. And to wave this white flag and to say, you know what, I just totally give myself over to you, God. And so tonight what we're going to look at is a scripture in Genesis chapter 22. Um, But before we get to the scripture, I wanted to ask you a question. Have you ever wanted something like really, really bad? I'm talking like, ooh, like you just would, you would almost, you wouldn't really, but you would almost like, kill somebody for something. I mean, you're just like really want it really bad. Yeah, a few of you. Um, I always think of Christmas, like Christmas time right now. I think of my Christmas list that I would make as a kid. And there was a few things that I would put on the top of the list. It's like, listen, I could get just these top like two or three things. And if I got these top two or three things, Christmas was awesome because I wanted these things so bad. And if I didn't get those top two or three things, then Christmas was a bust, man. Christmas was terrible, it was awful. And I went through a few years there where all I got for Christmas, it seemed like, were socks and underwear. I mean, that's all anybody gave me. Anybody been there? You just get socks and underwear from relatives. I mean, that's, it's just like, oh goodness. Another pair of socks. Thank you, Aunt Samantha. I don't even have an Aunt Samantha, I just made that up. But socks and underwear, t-shirts, I mean, like white t-shirts, just plain white t-shirts. It's just, that's all I ever got. And so um, there was this one year in, in particular that I really wanted a Huffy bike. Like I wanted a, a real, 
pardon my expression, but I wanted a big boy bike. I didn't want the little tricycle thing. Like, I wanted a big boy bike. I was in elementary school, and I'm like, man, I want a big bike that I can ride around the neighborhood and and run around in my driveway, because we weren't actually in a neighborhood. So it was the driveway that I could, like, hit the pedal brakes and, like, fishtail out, you know, throw my back tire out. Guys, you know what I'm talking about? Girls? Anybody, any girls know what I'm talking about? Okay, there we go. Um, So I wanted a big boy bike, and I want it so bad, man. I'm like... Please, if I get anything else, I just want a Huffy bike. That's all I want. I wanted a Huffy because Huffy was cool back then. I don't know if Huffy's still cool, but it was cool back then. And so I wanted a Huffy bike. And so I just wanted it so bad that if I didn't get it, everything else was ruined. The whole Christmas season was ruined. I didn't care about the tree. I I, I wasn't even thinking about little baby Jesus. I wasn't thinking about any of that. I was thinking Huffy bike, making donuts in the driveway. That's all I cared about. And so I wanted it so bad. And then finally, Christmas morning, right? Couldn't even sleep. I was so excited. I was just like, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. And we were the family that would wake up on Christmas morning. And then my little brother would wake everybody up because he's just annoying like that. And so he would just run around and just like bounce on my bed like, it's Christmas. And I'm like, get off me. But this morning, I didn't care because I was already awake. Um, but usually, that's kind of how it went down. But we're both, like, wide awake, ready to go. Like, we couldn't open the door yet until mom and dad came and opened the door because they didn't want us waking up too early, and they wanted to sleep a little bit. So it's, like, 5.30, and we're both just sitting in bed just, like, looking at the door. Like, any second, they're going to open it. And we're going to just, like, bolt into the living room, check out under the tree, and my bike's going to be there. I just know it! And so we wait. We're staring at the door, right? Me and my brother staring at the door. It's almost time. I know it's almost time. It's almost time. It's going to be amazing. And we're just staring, dude. We're freaky. Like we're weird looking kids, okay? So we're just staring at this door. Then finally we see the light come on in the hallway underneath the crack, right? Underneath the crack of the door. And we're like, And so then finally the door creaks open and we see my dad and my mom standing there in their robes looking like half asleep. Merry Christmas. And we're like, yeah! And we like take off towards the door and we like shove them out of the way and we run down the hallway and we get down to the tree and we look and right there were two big boy huffy bikes. And I was like, woohoo! Praise you, Jesus. Little baby Jesus, you're amazing. Thank you. And so I was so happy that there was these huffy bikes. And we we rode them all day. Like we made our dad and our mom stand out there and be like, hey, look at us. Watch us. (laughs) And we just made them watch us all day long. I swear they went through like five cups of coffee because they were so tired and so sick of watching us ride our bikes. But we did it because we wanted these things so bad. And then we got them. Our parents hooked us up and gave them to us. And so the reason I bring that up is I want you to think of that same kind of story for you, right? What's something you wanted so bad like that? Maybe you were a kid. Maybe it's this year. You want something so bad. It's like, if I get that iPod touch, man, life is good. If I don't, someone's going down. I mean, you might want it so bad. Maybe it happened before. Maybe it's happening now. I don't know. But think of the thing you just really, 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 really want. And then picture 
somebody taking it away. I can't even think about someone taking away my huffy. It's like blasphemous. That's terrible. No one can take away my huffy. And thank goodness no one ever tried to take away my huffy because them's fighting words, right? I will throw down for my huffy. But when you want something so bad and then you finally get it, it's like nobody is going to ever take this away because I love this thing so much, right? And maybe it's not even a thing. Maybe it's a person. Like, man, I just love my brother or sister so much. Anybody in here like that? (laughs) I didn't think there would be a ton of hands for that one. Or maybe it's I, I I just... care about my, my best friend so much, or I love my mom and dad so much, or, or I care about my dog or my cat or whatever so much. I just love them so much. Or it's maybe I love this sport so much, man. Football, cheerleading, baseball, soccer, lacrosse, whatever you do. The band, the debate team, the chess team, whatever. No judgment here. I was on the golf team, okay? There we go. Rock and roll, golf. So whatever you're into, maybe you just love it so, so much. You want it so, so much because you care about it so much. Maybe it's school. Like you love getting A's so much. It's like when you get the report card, you're just like, please, Lord, let them all be A plus, plus, pluses. And if you get one A minus, you're just like devastated. I don't even know if they give A minuses anymore. No, okay, thank you. I am old. Um, Or if you get a B, it just rocks your world. I mean, you just might want that grade so bad. It's just like, I can taste the A right now. A's are amazing. Or maybe it's the next video game. You just want it so bad. I don't know what it is you want, but we all want stuff or something or someone and, and sometimes that desire is just intense. And then sometimes when we get that stuff or that person or that thing, we just love it like crazy. And it's not a bad thing. It's not bad at all. I had this desire to want to add to our family a few years ago. And I was like, man, it'd be really cool to have a little kid. And then eventually we had one. He's a little boy. He's like so cute, but I'm biased. And so now that we have him, I'm like, man, I love this kid. He's so funny. He like will point at stuff and be like, ha. I love that. I want to just point at stuff and be like, ha. Just make faces. And then people just say, oh, he's so cute. But I can't do that because I'm not cute like him. He's all kinds of cute. I mean, I love him, dude. If anybody tried to take him away, I would straight up, bam, right in the face, man. Don't mess with him, okay? Try to take my boy, we're going to fight. I will break out the guns. See these bad boys? That's right. The officer let him in. He let me have him in. I have a permit. (laughs) It's only funny because I don't really have guns, you see? If I took this this sweater off, you'd be like, wow, he's flabby. (laughs) And I'll be like, yes, I am. Thank you very much. So if anybody tried to take my son away, and I'm sure any other parent in this place would feel the same way, you try to take my my kid away, it's on. It is on. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how many guns you got. I'm taking you out, okay? It doesn't matter. And so we can all feel that way about something, right? We can feel just so in love and attached to something. 
So I want you to think about that as we go into this story because it relates to what we're about to talk about with this guy named Abraham. So if you got your Bible, Genesis chapter 22. We're going to look through verses 1 through 18, and we're going to stop as we read, okay? So we're going to read a few verses, chat about them, read some more verses. But this is one story that happened in this guy, Abraham's life. And before we actually get into it, I wanted to set up who this guy is, okay? Anybody remember the song growing up? If you grew up in church, you probably heard this song. Father Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons. And many sons had Father Abraham. Y'all know that one? Okay, that song is about this guy. And we're not going to sing the song anymore, so if you're singing it, please stop. Because, let's be honest, it's just not that good. Uh, But this guy was a guy that just loved God. He followed after God. He had um, a wife. And originally, his name was Abram not Abraham. And eventually he, he got his name changed into Abraham. God changed his name, said, you are now Abraham. And his wife, his name got changed to Sarah. And they had been wanting to have kids for a while. And they wanted to make their family bigger. They, they both loved God. They both prayed to God and asked God to give them a son. And for whatever reason, God just kind of was making them wait for a while on that. He wasn't, he wasn't giving them a son yet. And then eventually they went kind of off of God's plan. They went off of his path. And then they wound up having uh, a son, but not between the two of them, between somebody else to try to have the family grow. That wasn't really what God had in mind. So eventually God blesses them, Abraham and Sarah, and they have this kid. And this is their, their first kid between the two of them, but they're really old at this point. I'm talking like 9,900 years old, like really old, when they have this kid. And this kid's name is Isaac. And so they have this son named Isaac, and they love him like crazy. Like I was talking about, I love Cooper, my son. They loved this kid like that. I mean, he was their first kid. They loved him like crazy. They just, uh, thank God so much for him, and, and they cherished him. And so they've had this son. They've gone through this long journey of praying for a son. And finally, God gives them a son. And that's kind of where we're going to start to pick up the stories after all that has happened. Okay. So this is Abraham in chapter 22, verse 1. And we pick up this story right here. It says, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am. He replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love. Isaac, and go to the region of Moria. Here's where it gets crazy. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Can we just pause for a second? Because what we just read is absolutely bananas, okay? Crazy. God says, sacrifice your son Isaac on a mountain as a burnt offering. What does that mean? He's going to burn him to death on a mountain. If somebody said, Brad, burn your son on a mountain, I'm gonna say, nah, not gonna do it. But this is what God's saying to Abraham. So God asked Abraham to kill his son that he had waited so long for and that he loved. I mean, he was waiting and wanting this son way more than I wanted that Huffy bike. I mean, he wanted Isaac 
really bad. And once he got Isaac, he loved him like crazy. And now God's saying, go and sacrifice him. Now, some of you might say, well, why, why do you got to sacrifice him? Back in the Old Testament, to make things right with God, people would have to kill animals and sacrifice them. Because back then, animals were the only way you lived. They provided food, they provided clothing, um, they provided means of like trading between people. I mean, animals were how you lived. And so if you sacrificed an animal, which was very valuable to God, it made things right between you and him because it took care of the sin that you had in your life, the stuff that you've done wrong against God. Now, eventually God was like, okay, enough animals have died. And he sent Jesus. And we'll talk more about him later. But there's no need for sacrifice now because Jesus took care of that for us. But back then he hadn't yet. So he's like, okay, I'm used to sacrifices, but God flips the script on him. He's like, okay, you're not going to kill a goat for me this time. You're going to kill your son. What? So that's where we see the story starting off. It's very uplifting, right? Let's keep reading. Um, verse 3. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him, because we all load our donkeys before we go on a trip, right? Yeah, Christmas break. How many of you are going to your grandma's on a donkey? That's what I thought, a lot of you. <clears throat> the question I have is how many horsepower does a donkey have? Uh, think about it. Okay, moving on. Second sentence, it says, He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had, took him, or had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to the, his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them went on together. Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, father. Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. So Abraham and his son walk alone to make a sacrifice to God. That's all the servants know. That's all Isaac knows is, hey, we've got this wood. We've got this fire. We've got the knife to kill the animal. And we're going to make the sacrifice like we're all kind of used to. It's kind of, this is what happens normally as a Jewish person. You're making a sacrifice. Okay, Isaac's like, okay, I get that. But where's the lamb? Guess who the lamb is? Him. He's the lamb. And, and Abraham knows it. And his son is asking him, hey, dad, where's the lamb? And, I, I, you know, we don't know exactly how old Isaac is here. Um, but, I mean, it's your kid and he's asking you, hey, where's the lamb, dad? What is he going to say? You're it, son. You're the lamb. <laughs> That'd be terrible, dude. So my question is, how, I mean, can you imagine how Abraham is feeling and thinking right now? He's the dad of this kid that he's about to have to kill. He's going through with this. I mean, he's doing it. He's already got the wood. He's got the fire. He's walking his son up the mountain. I mean, we're getting there. It's like, are you serious? This is, this is like Jerry Springer. This is weird. It's like off of Unsolved Mysteries or something. 
Y'all probably don't even know what that show is. <laughs> it's crazy. Dude, he's about to take his son up to a mountain and kill him. What? Unbelievable. I can't even imagine how he's feeling right now. Cannot even imagine it. But I want to point something out. At the beginning of those verses we just read, this next little section, he told his servants what? We're going up to the mountain to worship, and then we're going to make a sacrifice, and then we're going to come back down. So how is he going to sacrifice Isaac, but then the two of them come back down? Just think about that. We're not going to answer it right now. Okay, let's keep reading, because this is a cliffhanger, man. They're walking up. You get what I did there? Cliffhanger? Uh, going up a mountain? Uh, play on words. It's okay. All right, verse 9, it says, When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. What? Okay, so they've gotten to the top of the mountain, right? He's tied his son up. He's put his son on the wood. Imagine a campfire and it hasn't been lit yet. He put him on that. And now he's getting his knife out to kill his son and then light the wood on fire so his son's on fire, kind of like a scene out of Star Wars. I mean, that's what's about to go down. I mean, we're moments away from Abraham taking a knife and plunging it into his son. That's my mind just blowing up everywhere right there. I don't get it. And so, is Abraham really going to do this? And then the other bigger question to me is, is God really that unjust? Is God really going to let this little innocent kid die right now? By his father. Because he said to. I mean, you read about weird stuff like this on the news, right? Like a dad kills his son with a knife. That's a crazy person. Lock him up forever. Well, this guy's about to do it because who said so? God. What? That's not the God that I thought we were studying at Revolution. That's not the God I thought we worshipped. That's not a just God. That's not a right God. That's a jacked up God. Telling Abraham to kill his son like that. That's just messed up, dude. Let's keep reading. Verse 11 says, but the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld me, your son, your only son. And so Abraham went all the way to the point of having his knife out, right? He had him bound. He had the son on the, on the big stack of wood. He's ready to just kill him and light the fire. I mean, he was ready. Now, I can only imagine that Abraham's just like sobbing as this is going on. I mean, I would hope. Abraham's just messed up, tore up. He's like, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, when you get a spanking and your parents are like, this hurts me more than it hurts you. And you're like, you're right. <laughs> My bottom's the one that's red, not yours. But you got to imagine it's something like that, but like way, 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 way worse. You know, like this hurts me more than it hurts you. You're about to stab me. Are you kidding? No way. But by, by Abraham doing this, 
He's showing his willingness to surrender anything, right? I mean, he's willing to even sacrifice his son. He's ready to give his son up for God. Now, I just got to be honest with you. I can't see myself doing this. Like, if I really knew God was saying, hey, put Cooper on a slab and put the knife to him, I'm just going to be like, no. And that, that's kind of sad, I guess, that I'm, I'm not willing, to, I mean, I'm, not that I would not kill him, but that I'm not willing to give something up like that. But I look at Abraham, I'm like amazed because he's willing to, to go this far, right? But to answer the other question, is God that unjust? God is not that unjust. He didn't let Abraham go that far. But he learned a whole lot about Abraham, not that he didn't already know, but he saw a whole lot of Abraham when he went that far, right? But he stops him from killing Isaac because God is not that crazy God that we were talking about a minute ago. He's not going to seriously tell me to kill my son. He's not gonna let someone seriously die like that. He stopped it, said, don't even lay a hand on that kid. Don't touch him, don't do anything to him. And he stopped Abraham right in his tracks because he didn't really want Isaac to die. He doesn't want me to really take my son and put him on a slab and and cut him. I mean, he didn't want that because God is not like that. But this does tell us something about who God is. He's a God who wants all of us, right? He doesn't want us wanting a huffy bike more than we want him. He doesn't even want me wanting my son more than I want him. And he didn't want Abraham to love his son more than he loves him either. So we learned something about Abraham and we also learned something about God through this whole crazy scenario, right? So Abraham stops, God stops him. He says, okay, no, 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 whoa. I mean, I'm glad you're willing to go that far, Abraham, but don't kill your son, man. Are you crazy? So he stops him. So I'm sure he untied him. He's got him off the wood. I'm sure they're hugging, lots of tears. I'm sure Isaac's like, what are you doing, man? You're crazy. I thought you were really going to kill me for a second, you jokester. You kidder, you. And so I'm sure they're hugging it out. So what happens next? Well, verse 13, Abraham looked up and there in a thicket. Anybody know what a thicket is? Yeah, it's like a bush. Uh, There in the thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. A little bit better than killing your son, killing a ram. I'm I'm more for that. Uh, Verse 14, it says, So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sands on the seashore. Anybody ever counted all, counted all the sand on the seashore? There's a lot there, right? Yeah, what was your final number? You really counted 25 sand granules? You counted 100 sand pieces? I would have quit at one. So you did good. You did better than me. Okay, so there's a lot of sand and a lot of stars. So he's saying basically you're going to have a whole lot of people that descend from you. 
Um, so next sentence, it says, your descendants will take possession of the cities of, the, of their enemies. And though your offspring and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Does anybody know why we call Abraham Father Abraham sometimes? Especially Jewish people. Anybody know? What you think? What? You don't know? Universal sign for not sure? Yes, ma'am. He started the whole thing? He started the whole thing, yeah. (laughs) Abraham is the father of the Jewish nation. Israel... Y'all ever heard of that country? Yeah. yeah? Okay. Uh, well, Israel actually gets its name from one of Abraham's descendants. Uh, and this is where the Jewish nation started from. It all started with Abraham, which is why he's called Father Abraham. And eventually, there's a really cool guy, really popular guy, uh, actually amazing guy, best guy ever to live, that came from Abraham. Anybody know his name? No, best man to ever live, like ever. Yes, Jesus is from, ultimately, like heritage-wise, he descended from Abraham as well. And so Abraham is a very important guy that we read in the Bible. And his journey is really important. And this story is really important in his life. Because we learn something about him, like we said earlier. We see that he's willing to give up everything. And then after he gives up everything, we see that God blesses him. So when God or when Abraham gave God everything, God gave him his son, like gave him back, right? He didn't let him kill him. He didn't allow him to stab him with a knife and let him get burned up. He didn't let any of that happen. And he blessed him on top of that. So he gave back what he asked for, the thing that that Abraham loved the most. He gave that back and he promised to bless him going forward. Now that doesn't necessarily mean like cars and money and all this other stuff, but He's going to bless him with those things he mentioned. His descendants are going to be more numerous than the stars and the sand. And that all nations would be blessed because of him. That's a pretty cool promise from God, right? And so because Abraham was willing to go this far and to give up anything and everything for God, God gives right back to him, which is a theme we see all through the Bible. You with me? So here's the deal. Let's apply this back to us here and now because this happened thousands of years ago with Abraham. But here and now, God is still asking us to surrender everything for him. He's still asking us to put on the altar whatever it is that we just desire more than him. If you are just in love with a person or a thing more than God, he's asking you to give that thing over to him. Does it mean you go and kill somebody? Absolutely not. Does it mean you have to go and quit your sport? I don't know. Does it mean you have to break up with a girlfriend and boyfriend? I don't know. Does it mean you have to quit being friends with somebody? I don't know. That's between you and God. But God is asking you to be able and willing to give up anything and everything that you are putting above him, that you want more than him, that you love more than him, to him. 
Because he's the only one that's worth all of us. He's the only one that's worth us desiring that much and wanting that much and loving that much. And when we read through the Bible, we see other stories other than Abraham's story of how God is worth that and how God asks that same thing of many people in the Bible. But Abraham's willing to go so far as to give up his son. And then when God sees, oh, he's willing to give me everything. He's got me at the top of his life. He's got me over his entire life. He loves me more than anything. He gives Isaac right back and says, I'm going to give you Isaac, but I'm going to give you more as well. Because you love me that much. And it's not about getting stuff from God. It's about giving stuff to him. And so my question for you tonight, and for all of us from Abraham's story is, are you willing to give up what you love most that's more than God for the one who loves you most? Are you willing to pick up the white flag and say, listen, God, I surrender. I surrender this to you. I surrender this sport to you. I surrender my school to you. I surrender this boyfriend, girlfriend to you. I surrender whatever it is that I'm putting over you. I surrender it. I'm waving the white flag. I'm surrendering to you. I'm giving it all to you. Because ultimately, at the end of the, New Te- of the Old Testament, going into the New Testament, we read about this guy named Jesus. And Jesus is God's son. And God loves Jesus. Loves him like crazy, but yet he sent him here on earth and he sent him to die. Just like he asked Abraham to kill Isaac and sacrifice him. God sacrificed his son for us. But he actually goes through it. He goes through the whole thing and Jesus actually dies. But he doesn't stay dead. Three days later, he raises from the dead conquers sin, conquers death, makes it right for us so that we don't have to go around killing lambs and killing rams anymore because he was the ultimate sacrifice. He was perfect. He made everything okay between us and God. And he was the only one that could do that, which is why God allowed it to happen because he loves you that much and he loves me that much. And he was willing to give everything for us. And he's asking the same thing from us in return.